Did you see it? The Trojan bat signal went up. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Hulkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching me on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, we are free. I really do appreciate your support. To become a subscriber, it's easy. Again, it's free. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that red subscribe button. You like the episode, hit the thumbs up. Both of those mean a whole heck of a lot to the show and to the thousands of you who have already become a subscriber. Thank you so very, 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 very much. So it happened just before the noon hour on Wednesday. USC football tweeted the, the, the victory sign. There it was. When that comes up, and then you see Lincoln Riley do it. You see Director of Recruiting Annie Hansen do it. By the way, happy birthday, Annie. Uh, that means USC got another commitment. Lincoln Riley got another dude. So until it's official, uh, we don't know who it is. Most are speculating it's the safety, Miles Davis, uh, that I mentioned on yesterday's episode of Locked on USC. Remember this quote? Quote, I'm going to try and move a couple of visits because USC has only taken two safeties and uh, I can see myself here. So I don't want to miss out and have to settle for somewhere else, end quote. So the question is, did the visits get moved off the list if Miles is is the, uh, is the guy, or is it someone else? Uh, wide receiver Draylon Miller out of the state of Texas. He's, he's trending USC's direction right now, but he's actually got a commitment date set up for the end of June. Excuse me, I believe it's June 29th. So uh, again, this is why most people are kind of leaning, hey, maybe it's Miles Davis. Maybe it was Annie Hansen's birthday wish. Again, happy birthday. I, I have a feeling, though, um, she's not that narcissistic. <laughs> she's not going to throw up a victory sign for her own birthday. Uh, so I have a feeling uh, the Trojan fans are getting a gift on her birthday. We'll find out soon enough. Those types of things tend to leak. Was it for a transfer portal guy? Did he sign up? And... I don't know if you've had an opportunity to see it on social media yet, but Barry Alexander, the transfer from Georgia, defensive lineman, he put his new crib up on social media. Kind of showed everybody where he's going to be living and the view, amazing. So he might want to consider when his playing career is over, consider real estate. He, he, he can sell it. Um, so I guess with... Uh, Things are kind of in neutral right now with recruiting. Uh, you got the Memorial Day holiday weekend coming up this weekend, and then starting the week after, USC will be hosting a, a lot of official visitors starting the weekend of June 2nd, and then you got that big June bash weekend of June 16th. So here's my question. Now that Dylan Rayola has spurned USC twice, and it's not like he was the must-have, must-get for USC's 2024 recruiting class. 
It would have been great. Don't get me wrong. But he wasn't the, the guy USC had to have. Remember, USC got the number one quarterback recruit in 2023 with Malachi Nelson. Miller Moss is still hanging around. So who is USC's must-get, that must-have guy in 2024? Uh, I, I know most people are going to say, I don't know, but it's got to be a defensive guy. I agree. I think everyone's going to agree. The must-have, must-get guy is going to be on defense. However, you know, Taylor Tatum, running back. Uh, he was just recently named the number one running back prospect in his class. Not just by on three, by a couple of, of recruiting networks. So here's the thing. Again, USC is going to be solid at running back regardless if they get Taylor Tatum or not. They've already got Brian Jackson, and they're trending strong with a couple of other couple of other guys as well. Taylor is among that group. But again, must have, probably not. And look, just because USC can pick a wide receiver off a tree as they walk uh, when they need one, it's, it's not going to be a wide receiver. It, there's no must-have guys in this class that play wide receiver. So let's, uh, let's start naming some names. Is it Brandon Baker, the, uh, the modern-day offensive tackle, five-star? Uh, whoever, I, look, we've talked about it. He's leaning towards Oregon. His brother played there, so he's a legacy. And that's where he's kind of feeling it right now. For Look, if we're looking at it from the, strictly from an optics point of view of Oregon got another offensive lineman that USC wanted, yeah, he's a must-have. But is he the must-get guy? I don't know. Uh, look, USC loaded up on the interior offensive line in their 2023 class. We've gone over the names. Um, you know, Micah Ben Willows, Alani Noah, um, Amos Talalele, and they all, you know, they also have a couple of guys who play tackle, Elijah Page and uh, Tobias Raymond. But they are looking at a couple other guys in this 2024 class that that are interior. Uh, Isaiah Garcia out of Utah, I mentioned him before. DeAndre Carter, uh, Brandon Baker's teammate at Modern Day. Again, love to have these guys. And they, USC wants these guys, but are they must have? Probably not. They probably don't qualify for that category. Uh, for me, this is my must have, must get, do not let him go anywhere else. It's uh, it's the defensive lineman from modern day, Aiden Breland. You need to keep the best defensive lineman in your state home. He can choose anywhere he wants to go. Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, Alabama. I believe all those schools are in his, uh, in his top ten list. So is USC. But they're probably at the bottom of that list. They're building that relationship. They're trying to show him that, hey, you can come here and get developed. USC needs to be able to beat Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson, the schools I mentioned, for that type of player when they're in California. The last time it happened, you know, 
USC was able to get the number one defensive player, not just in California, in the country he was considered. And that was Corey Foreman. What will go a long way, I think, with not just Aiden Breland, but other, you know, defensive players in the state that USC is hot and bothered after, uh, the linebackers from Bosco, is they need to see Corey Foreman. And I know I'm putting a lot of burden on his shoulders. That's not what I'm trying to do. But if you can see Corey Foreman just blossom and be the dude this year, that's going to go a long way with securing these guys that I'm talking about, like an Aiden Breland or a Kingston Viliamu Asa, Jordan, um, God, why is the last name? Jordan Lockhart, his teammate from Bosco. Peyton Woodyard, the safety from Bosco. When those guys see and recognize, all right, you know what? It was just last year was a transition year. Alex Grinch is doing it. Uh, you know who's going to make Alex Grinch's life a lot better? His defensive line coach, Sean Newell. If he can turn Corey Foreman into the guy that he helped Tui Tui Apolotu turn into, that's going to go a long way. So, my must-have guy, Aiden Breland. And I think I explained why. I'm going to explain to you why you need to start buying some bird dogs. You've got to try these things. They are so comfortable. Shorts and pants. They come with a, with a really cool liner inside. So, uh, if you're... If your underwear drawer is empty, you forgot to do laundry, you're covered. And like I said, when I'm wearing these things, I just feel comfortable. I feel great. Comfort below the belt line, imperative, means everything. And they've got this really cool, stretchy fabric, and it adapts to any body type, including mine. So if I'm uh, if I got a busy day ahead of me, and I got to go on the practice field. I got to interview players. Great. No problem. When I'm done, I need to head on out somewhere. I can wear the same pair of pants I'm wearing out there. That's how versatile they are. <clears throat> so if you've got a dad bod or you just got a beer belly bod, kind of synonymous with each other, tell you what, they'll fit you too. So get on your laptop, jump on the computer your mobile phone, whatever, and go to birddogs.com forward slash locked on college. And when you enter the promo code locked on college, they're going to send you a free custom bird dogs, Yeti style tumbler with every order you place. So that's pretty cool right there. I talked about it on the, sh on the show. Um, yesterday, I believe it was on locked on USC. And I also mentioned it, and I talked about it on the uh, the weekly show I do on WeRSC.com, Inside the Trojan Huddle. President Carol Folt and the university knew they were going to have to move soon. I mean, they had the investigation going on with Athletic Director Mike Bone. They knew the LA Times was kind of lurking, doing their investigative stuff that they do. So... When they were approached with, would you like to comment on this story we're about to run? 
and they did not want to, the question was, why didn't USC have their transition team ready to be announced on Monday? The news drop came on Friday. You had all, I shouldn't say all weekend. They had the weekend to kind of make sure the I's are dotted, T's are crossed, ducks in a row. This is what we're going to do. Apparently, it took a couple of extra days, but it looks like uh, USC has a really solid plan in place to see the transition run uh, as smoothly as possible while they search for the new permanent athletic director. And it appears that it's going to be a department run by an interim group of athletic directors and others who are uh, associated with USC, at least until the, the next permanent hire. <clears throat> so on Wednesday, and this was reported by Paola uh, Ugiletti, who works for ESPN. I apologize if I butchered your name. Really nice guy. Um, he got a copy of the letter that was sent around to the USC Athletics Department. This happened on Wednesday. Dear Athletics Team, it was great to see many of you at our Monday morning meeting. The future of USC Athletics is exciting with all the success in the last couple of years. I have no doubt that we will keep our momentum going. Together, we will continue to build an outstanding department designed to meet the needs of the future, to support the best teams in America, and to ensure a student-centered approach and excellence in all areas. Today, I'm pleased to announce that Dr. Denise Kwok, Executive Senior Associate Athletic Director, has agreed to serve as interim executive administrator during the transition to a new athletic director. Dr. Kwok has almost two decades of experience with, within the USC Athletics Department. Uh, and it continued to talk about her bona fides, her accolades. I'm also anointing, me, I'm also appointing an interim leadership team comprising external and internal members to ensure USC continues to function seamlessly during the transition and complete its preparation to join in the Big Ten Conference. This team brings depth, experience, and great expertise in championship-level Division I intercollegiate athletics, including NIL, recruiting and facilities management, operations, marketing, finance, and Big Ten conference processes and procedures. That last part's really important. They will, augment and, they will augment the leadership and staff in our department and provide a broad national perspective on changes taking place nationally. The external members of the team are Sandy Barber, Mitch Moser, and Kevin Weiberg. Those names are going to sound familiar to you. They will begin working with the athletics, the athletics department starting Tuesday, May 30th. Please join me in welcoming them to the Trojan family. So... On Monday, that letter was prepared. Well, everything was in preparation. On Wednesday is when this letter was introduced. Now, I've said you might recognize those names. Sandy Barber. She served as the athletic director at Tulane. Um, and then after that, she was at Cal. And then she just recently retired from Penn State last summer. So she's familiar with the Big Ten. She's familiar with the Pac-12 when she was at Cal. <clears throat> uh, Mark Moser, he was the, most recently he held the title of Deputy Director of Athletics for Resource Development and Management and Chief Financial Officer at Duke. 
so he knows what it's like to work within a private university. And then Kevin Weiberg has been the Big 12 Commissioner, Associate Commissioner of the Big 10, and Chief Operating Officer of the Pac-10 as it, when it expanded to the Pac-12. So those three are three very highly qualified individuals that are perfect to be external members working kind of as in an analyst role during this transition period. So Dr. Kwok will be the person who's going to oversee this whole process, and I'm going to assume uh, will report to President Fult. Again, the, she is going to be the administrator during this process. Very key term there. I would, I guess I would equate that to, uh, she is right now President Fult's chief of staff, her right-hand man, the Brandon Sosna of the situation. Um, and look, if we want USC to swing for the fences, so to speak, with this next hire, and we do, there's lots of candidates out there. Uh, we, if you're on WeRSC.com, I've mentioned some here. Uh, I'm sure you've seen names on big boards floating around everywhere. However, what kind of message would it send if USC was to say, you know what? We're going big. We're going to go to the SEC. What if they could get a guy to leave an SEC school? I'm talking Alabama or Georgia, something like that, and come to USC. When USC hired Lincoln Riley, it sent a message that USC was serious about football again. Because that was out there. We were like, you know, does USC even care about football anymore? If USC was able to convince Greg Byrne, Alabama's athletic director, to leave Tuscaloosa and come back to Los Angeles and be LA, be the Trojans' athletic director, I have to believe that would send a similar message that would ver would reverberate throughout college football, co the college period, the college world, that USC is more than serious about not just football, but they want to have the best programs across the board, including basketball. Have you seen Alabama basketball? Yeah, I know they they got ex they exited early from the tournament, but they were literally the best team in the country for much of the seat for much of the calendar season. Um, there's no reason why USC can't do that as well. And I'm sure. Um, Greg Byrne, who, when he was at the University of Arizona, before he went to Alabama, look, I'm sure he's picked up uh, a few of those SEC way of doing things that USC could benefit from. Uh, how about this? Would it be in bad taste? Would it be bad form to go and say, hey, Gene Smith, I know you're at Ohio State, and I know we're going to be buddies here soon, but you want to be USC's athletic director? I, that just doesn't seem right, <laughs> especially when you're about to jump in to the conference that he is considered uh, the guy. You know, when you're talking about the Big Ten Conference, the first, first program you typically think about is Ohio State, then Michigan, then Penn State. In, maybe not necessarily in that order, but those are your top three.
Look, USC could try and lock up Pat Chun, Washington State's uh, athletic director, who's basically had his piggy bank taken away. Um, padlock, you can't spend any more money not until the Pac-12 figures it out. Um, it, you know, USC could go after him, and he would be a really good candidate. The risk is, though, eventually Gene Smith is going to retire or leave Ohio State. Do you want Pat Chun jumping to Ohio State when that job opens up? Because most, a lot of people think that's his dream job. He's from Ohio. Anyways, based on the information in that letter that Carol, uh, that President Fult um, released, I love uh, the plan of attack with those three serving, like I said, as working advisors. Uh, they kind they of, they, they cover the whole gambit. So I, really the question now is, what should be the timeline? When should USC have their next permanent athletic director in place? Should it be by the start of the football season? I, I would imagine that would probably be ideal. Getting it right is what's important, obviously. That's the first priority. So <clears throat> when it happens, it'll happen. But I... I I think why it needs to happen sooner rather than later and why I think the start of the football season would be the prime optimal time, USC needs to have their person in place uh, to start making those big conference, Big Ten conference decisions that USC is going to be moving towards, you know, less than a year now. They really need to, uh, like I said, it, Blessing in disguise, probably not. But having it happen now at least allows USC the opportunity to say, all right, we've hit the reset button. We've got our plan in place now. Let's move forward. Let's stay focused. Let's find our person. I'd say let's find our man, but don't want to offend anybody. I already told you that USC was going to win when they traveled to South Bend this season. It'll be the first time since 2011. Yeah. It's been over a dozen years. Long time. Uh, USC football has its first official kickoff time for this season. Guess who there? Guess who? Guess when? That's right. Kind of gave the hint away. When they travel to South Bend, the kickoff time will be 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 4.30 on the West Coast. USC, Notre Dame, prime time. So that game, as you know, is going to be October 14th. The game will be on NBC. And there's a good chance that both teams are going to be top five in the country. That's why this game is getting primetime coverage. It's not hard to figure out. However, this does mean a couple of things. That means it's going to be a late night, and especially on the return to the return to Chicago after the game. I don't stay in South Bend. No. So that ride typically takes about two hours by car. It's gonna it can feel a lot longer though. <laughs> After a loss, a lot longer. 
and that's when there's nobody on the road. I've never had the opportunity to enjoy the drive back to Chicago from South Bend. I've never had the chance to enjoy a ride back to Chicago from South Bend. I've been there three times. It's been a long drive back each time. <laughs> so, um, there you go. If you were considering going, now you know. Dress warm, pack accordingly. And more game times are anticipated to be released probably within this next week or so, uh, according to John Wolner over at the, uh, the Mercury News. This is the type of time of year when the games start to game times start to trickle out. TV networks start to pick and choose which games they want to cover. We know that USC is going to play San Jose State week zero. That's their first game of the season. And you've got some betting lines that are coming out right now. Two betting two uh, two lines are out. This this is according to one online betting service. Against San Jose State, USC has opened up as a 30-point favorite. Last season, San Jose State finished 7-5. and five. Uh, USC has played the Spartans five times. They've beaten them five times. The most recent, you might remember, was back in 2021. That was Clay Hilton's last win as USC's head coach. USC won that game 30-7. to seven. Their next game, this game already has an opening line as well. They, they're they going to host the Nevada Wolfpack, and that's when JJ3, John Jackson, returns to the Coliseum with his new team. He's going to see the field a lot, but he's not going to like the scoreboard when he keeps looking up at it. I don't know how often he'll look up at it. Hopefully, he's only looking up at it when he's making catches and scoring touchdown or touchdowns for Nevada. Uh, USC plays them officially week one, September 2nd, and that line is uh, 36, excuse me, 35 and a half points. Nevada was 2-10 in 2020, 2022. 35 and a half, USC's favorite. I have a feeling that line's going to go up. Might reach 41. <laughs> We know what happened the last time USC hosted a team where they were a 41-point favorite. I don't see that happening again. We don't need to go over it. We all know what happened. Just as a reminder, though, USC is also 5-0 against Nevada. The last time they played them, 1929. USC beat them 66-0. I don't know if they're going to shut them out, but USC could put up 66 couple other really quick notes I want to go over here. And we're going to talk about the baseball team just real quickly. They've, they've earned it. They deserved it. Two-sport star, Austin Overn. Remember him? Plays wide receiver for USC's scout team on football. Um, he said, these are his words, he's the fastest guy on the roster. Well, I don't know if we can prove that or not. What I will believe is he's the fastest guy on the baseball team because he hit his, the nation's best. He leads the country with 14 triples. 
the 14th triple of this season. It helped uh, USC beat UCLA 6-4 in the Pac-12 tournament. That pretty much guarantees USC is going to be in the postseason for the first time since 2015. Uh, USC plays UW Washington on Thursday in Scottsdale. Uh, they win that game. Lock it up. They're in. They're, they're in now. Nevertheless, I would love to see USC baseball team win that Pac-12 tournament. That would be awesome. And that would be one more feather in former USC athletic director Mike Bone's hat because he hired Andy Stankiewicz, USC's baseball coach. Year one. Oh, and while we're talking about two sports stars, Austin Overn, I don't know if we're ever going to see him play football for USC. He's really good at baseball. But uh, he and Deuce Robinson, USC's other two sports star, they're going to be one heck of a package on that baseball team next year. I know we're going to see Deuce play football. That's what he's coming to USC primarily to do. But I'm visualizing the NIL deals for those two guys together. Yeah. USC, NIL, Los Angeles, they were made for each other. So that's this episode of Locked on USC. It's in the books. I could keep going on and on and on. I'm not going to give you an eight-minute show, a 10-minute show, where I'm talking about, hey, did you hear USC sign this person and look at his apartment? Or viewer comments, I got 30 minutes. I'm going to give you an opinion. I'm going to cover recruiting. I've got the inside information, some of it. This is why you come to Locked on USC every day for all of your news, notes, and info, five times a week. So until that next episode, everyone, you know what to do, and I'll see you there.